Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 3rd, 2012. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios where I try and point out uh, uh, that things that are happening today really were planned long ago in the past. The whole world system, this world agenda, this globalist agenda, this um, amalgamation of countries and continents and so on into the one big um, taxpayer base basically for the future uh, was decided over a 100 years ago. And I give you the evidence and go through the big players who helped set up the system and how they basically owned the media way back then too. Why not? They've always had the cash. And uh, really what we get from the media is generally trivial or it's slanted, always always slanted. It's never a full story, an open-minded story where you're left to make your own uh, assumptions on something. Uh, you're, you're leaned towards your proper opinion on things by the media. That's a trick that you use, very simple trick. And it's been used for a long, long time. Same with documentaries as well that the mainstream will put out. So help yourself to the audios, find out how the world really runs and how it's really always been run and where it's supposed to go with it all, including all the catastrophes of societies as they demolish cultures and so on on the way because they spoke about that too. No stone is left unturned. They've got to investigate everything to keep control. Tap yourself to the, to the website, and remember too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't get back by advertisers. I could be, I could, I could give you ads every five minutes if you wanted to, uh, and and tell you lots of products that would make you live forever and ever, and things like that. But I don't, so I try to stay pretty well honest and out of all that side of things and business. And I don't have any shares in products either. So if you want to keep me going, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order. And you can also set, use PayPal across the world. Uh, people can use um, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. That's generally how I tick through the months and even the weeks at the present stage. So it's up to you if you get something out of this because I try to stay away from the completely emotive side of things. That's what you're meant to go up, fall into is emotional things. Run, stand back and look at things calmly. And only then will you see the big players and who's involved and why they're doing things because you must think your way through and think after you've read a story. You must think after. If you're, give, if you're given your opinion with the story, and never question afterwards, then you're generally being used. You've got to be able to check up on things for yourself. We're, we're very easily uh, controlled in this day and age because Brzezinski himself said uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, he said that eventually the public will be unable to come to a, a conclusion by themselves. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. Well, that has unfortunately happened. The media and the entertainment industry have given a completely new culture across the whole world. It's a globalist culture for a globalist society. 
And now we're going through the system where they, as I say, they amalgamate countries into big unions, which are just like the old Soviet bloc. And Karl Marx talked about it too, because he was funded by the same bunch in London. And um, the Royal Institute for International Affairs also boasted that they set up this plan too. They want a United Americas, Europe, and the Pacific Rim region. And they're all controlled under a world government. And pretty well it's all here. The, the United Nations uh, may be the final uh, world government when it really gets the push to this next level, or it may call it a different name, who knows. But uh, we're certainly pretty well there today. Now the music's coming in, and I'll go into some of these stories. Remember, they are stories, and uh, you've got to glean what you can out of them and discard the rest. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. And it's true, you have to read every single story and, and also ask yourself why a lot of stories are out there because there's a lot of stories that are really just political correctness and reinforcement basically. And because we live in a world where there's heretics and it's very heretical not to be uh, in the modes of the politically correct, you see. So, uh, and there's so many crimes to do with that too now. It's, you're supposed to humor people who think there's something else. It's just astonishing. I mean, why should you... Uh, put your sanity to the side to be politically correct. Why should you? I mean, it's absolutely absurd to, to it's like a bird try to pretend it's a penguin, you know, like a little sparrow or something. It's not. And, it, and you, once you say, well, I guess it is, then you've just lost it, you see. You've caved in and you've been brainwashed. And I'll, I'll touch on that later. But that's how most stories are today. And we also get, in this day and age, a lot of nonsense like this following story, which is pretty, pretty typical. I've heard once before along the same vein. And it says, during a March 20th hearing in Salt Lake City, this is March 2012, U.S. District Judge Clark Wadops described an astounding, as astounding the FBI's claim that critical video of the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing had simply gone missing. Can you believe that? An assertion that buttresses attorney Jesse Trendo's belief that the Bureau has spared no effort to cover up critical facts about the atrocity. Trentado, whose brother Kenny was murdered by federal agents in Oklahoma shortly after the 1995 terrorist attack, filed a Freedom of Information Act request for surveillance video of Timothy McVeigh parking the truck bomb outside the Murrah Federal Building and dashcam video of his arrest by the state trooper 90 minutes after the expulsion, because that's what everybody was told, you know. The FBI claims that these indispensable pieces of evidence regarding what was at the time the worst terrorist act in U.S. history have simply vanished in the tenebrous depths of an official warehouse, much like the Ark of the Covenant was at the end of the Indiana Jones film. The attorney filed his first FOIA request in December 2006, and the Bureau has done its formidable best to ignore, mislead, misdirect, and otherwise obstruct efforts to produce the records as is required by law. The FBI has submitted several declarations from its top records manager to show the agency has searched electronic databases and evidence warehouses without success, reports the Desiree News of Salt Lake City. But Wadub said the declarations lack credibility because they do not include first-hand knowledge or details about who, when, where, or how the searches were conducted. 
and uh, as his attorney, Catherine Weyer, representing the criminal clique that Woodley calls itself the Department of Justice, produced the novel complaints that compelling the FBI to comply with its legal duty to find the video evidence, as opposed to conducting cursory database searches and then dismissing the matter, would be tantamount to issuing a search warrant. This objection, which emits the pungent odour of bad conscience and the rank aroma of desperation, is absurd. The purpose of a search warrant is to protect the privacy rights of individual citizens from government invasion, not the reverse. And it goes on about it in, in quite some detail. But uh, that's pretty typical. You understand, it's not the first time I've heard or read that critical evidence that cases were based on has just gone missing. Happens all the time, apparently. Uh, so we're told, you know. And... Um, and people believe it too. People, mind you, everyone's busy getting entertained and working and, and just, uh, you know, just gazing out once they're, they're, they're back home after work. They, just, they don't want to think. They don't want to think critically for sure. They just want to be entertained. But um, even, and that's why these guys can get away with these kind of things too. And our thing too is, well, it was in the past. What does it matter? Well, that past changed everything. Because really it was a precursor to the 9-11 uh, bombings. And it wasn't, you understand too that Clinton at the time was trying to pass an anti-terrorism bill through long before 9-11 and uh, it was it got turned down the following weekend, boom, up went the building and it was passed the next weekend. That's how it was done. That's how you do things, you see, if you want things done. That's how you do it. But here's a, a bunch, of course, that have DNA databases and everything and claiming they just can't find the evidence that everything was based upon at the time. It's gone missing. You know. Just gone missing. You know how they've got more evidence on Jack the Ripper in London than, than they have on McVeigh. Astonishing. But really, is it? Is it astonishing? The world, you see, is run by the old boys club, they call it. The old boys club. And at the top of the tree, you've got the boys from Yale University. Uh, and their war room in the Skull and Bones uh, Society, their little federation there. And I can remember, too, a few years back, uh, the descendants, some descendants of Geronimo were trying to get Geronimo's skull back because the Skull and Bones had it in their fraternity uh, building there where they got the Skull and Bones Society. They had the skull of Geronimo and Geronimo's rifle. And so he was a descendant with proof that he was a descendant trying to get it back. And, of course, they, they just got the, the boys to laugh him out of the court. But he, did, he, he was a direct descendant, no doubt about it. But what were these guys doing? They lose nothing, believe you me. They lose nothing. Maybe they've sold off the videos to some guys in Yale. Who knows for their weird entertainment? We'll never know. We, we know very little at the bottom, you understand, because government is not there. It's, it, amongst themselves, this is how they describe They're not there. Their purpose is not to inform the public. Their, their purpose is to create agendas and get the public going along, generally on a false premise, some other reason to go along with something. We don't even really get humored by them much at all. And, and that is reality. And across the world, too, uh, under this new uh, feudalistic uh, fascist socialist system, uh, we find that everything's been privatized. I've mentioned this before, that the two, the left and the right, work together. They always have done, and Quigley pretty well says that. And uh, in his book, Tragedy and Hope, and the Anglo-American Establishments, and 
you, what you do when you get a Labour or left-wing party in is you, you nationalise everything or you create big projects and the, the taxpayer funds it maybe 20 years, 30 years until it's up and running and all the, the problems have been worked out and new equipment to replace the old stuff that was not quite up to standard or there have been improvements on. And then, of course, the right wing comes in and they, they privatise it. It's back and forth, back and forth. So the public always pay for big projects. That's what I'm saying. And for every single privatization that's happened in Canada and the States and elsewhere, uh, the people are always fleeced, even though they're always told at the beginning, oh, it's going to make it more efficient and, and cheaper, and nothing ever happens that way. Electricity has gone up eight, eight, eight times what it was since it privatized electricity in Ontario, for instance. Same with water delivery to, to houses and all these things. Because, you see, privatization, they're in it for the profit, you see. Whereas under, when your councils run it and so on, it's supposed to be not for profit. It's not for profit, supposedly. So they're busy doing all this stuff. And in Britain, there's a premier flagship for everyone to copy. Uh, you find that everything's been privatized. Parking meter attendants are privatized. Everything's privatized. 7,000 drivers' names are sold to criminals and how the Department of Vehicle Licensing Authority made £21 million selling details of 4.85 million motorists. And it says, the driver and vehicle licensing agencies sold sensitive personal details of more than 7,000 drivers to a convicted criminal and his company. Today's, well, they're pals, you see, in government. Today's revelations uh, comes out despite the Quango's promises to clean up its act in the wake of a similar scandal seven years ago. Yet the Mail on Sunday discloses that the DVLA sold motorist names and addresses to a parking enforcement company just seven weeks after it admitted dozens of criminal offences. They sold it after the new. I mean, but see, they're all in it. This bribery goes on like crazy, you know. And uh, nobody gets charged, you know. Agency chiefs knew they knew that Observices Parking Solutions and boss Douglas Harris had been fined £29,850 after a court ruled had been recklessly unfair to drivers last year. That's how they, they, they'd word it for them, like a partneristic driver, you know, recklessly unfair. But they still sold on the personnel details. Uh, also disclosed that the DVLA has sold the 4.85 million drivers' names and addresses to parking enforcement firms in the past six years at £2.50 a time, that's per name, without checking if the companies use uh, the companies, what they use is the private information uh, for or, or whether it was even legitimate. So this is standard, and you've got to get used to it everywhere because, you see, we're living in the first world countries. I don't know, they shouldn't call them first world. We're really third world now, but we've joined the third world. You can tell by the junk we're sold in your countries to fall up and falls apart as soon as you get it. And nothing works the way it's supposed to work. Uh, that's really third world standards. But yeah, this, this third world, like Canada and, and states as we go down, um, is funding to, to build hospitals and dams for, for electric projects in, in China and India and uh, Brazil and elsewhere, where they're bringing them up under the auspices of the United Nations and the World Bank and the IMF. That's what's happening. We're all service economies, which means... You pass things around once you bring them into the country. Or you go into the hotel industry and just hope you get enough managerial class Chinese to come over and rent rooms from you. I'm not kidding about this. This is what it's all about, a service economy. 
before they decided to bring the service economy into Britain. I can remember the debates about it. This is all in preparation, for, because we'd already deindustrialized with an agreement with the United Nations at the end of World War II, and that by the late 70s were to be pretty well completely deindustrialized. Well, they really did it. They never told the public this. You had to go into the UN to find out, and from books written by people involved at the time. The newspapers never mentioned why you were being deindustrialized. And millions were tossed out of work. And then they came out with this big, big massive pro, uh, propaganda program to, to go into service economies. Service and change sheets and beds and things. And that would be the new future. And you know that in Britain they're still churning that rubbish out. You, <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll get off that topic anyway. It upsets me. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about sanity and things like that. Because in a kind of Orwellian world, and we are in both Orwellian and the, the world of uh, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, the, the both are going along simultaneously right now. And you, you get taught uh, what to say, what to think, uh, and what's, not, what's illegal to say, for instance. How can something be illegal to say and then suddenly illegal to say? And I'm talking about your sanity, your own personal sanity, you see. Because we've seen the massive change and destruction of culture. Remember, the family unit was to be destroyed by the communist manifesto, by the socialist manifesto, and even by the right wing at the top manifesto, the ones who wanted to bring in this global system system and structure. And to do that, you must make everything uh, vague, uh, distorted, distorted thinking. And then you must reverse thinking even, that's very Orwellian, double think, all that kind of stuff. And, and never mention what your real thoughts are. Or you might get in trouble, hot water about it. And you understand when you, when you, if you actually go along with that and get into true double think, believing two opposing things at the same time, and are quite comfortable with that, then technically you're mad. You understand? Technically you are mad. And, so we've seen all the, the, the massive promiscuity from about the 50s onwards really getting pushed ever, ever more in each generation until everything's dysfunctional now. And even the United Nations admits that, that some countries in the West are below replenishment level. That's why they say they, they must bring in massive immigration. No one's having children. They're all rotting like rabbits, but no one's having children, you see. To pay off the national debt, that's what Thatcher and others have said since. There's an article here that says here, it's to get you emotionally involved in something. A transgender BC beauty queen will be allowed to compete in the Miss Universe Canada pageant after all. And it goes into this, this um, person's story, Jenna Talakova, was named one of the 65 original contenders for the beauty title, but was dropped from the Miss Universe Canada website days after bloggers discovered that she was born male. Now, that generally would turn folk into the emotional side until they lose track of things and they just give up. The Donald Trump-owned pageant explained that Talakova did not meet the requirements to compete and representatives said their rules stipulated that contentants must be born female. 
And that's the wrong definition, actually, too. She's born female and, and develop over, have ovaries and all the rest of it. That's what, what they should say. But the pageant organizers have now backtracked and say that Buxom, six foot one tall blonde, can compete in the pageant in May, provided she meets the legal gender requirements of Canada and the standards of established by other international competitions. So, apparently this uh, Talakova hired uh, a legal counsel for, for the court in Canada and uh, from the US, so a, f- a famed feminist lawyer, Gloria Allred, uh, well named Allred, was set to represent her south of the border and had scheduled a press conference Tuesday to announce what legal action she planned to take if Talakova was not allowed to compete. Anyway, it says that this beauty queen has previously represented Canada Miss International Queen, a transsexual beauty pageant in Thailand, which she placed as a finalist. In an interview posted on YouTube, Talakova says she began to identify as a woman at four years, that's what they're told to see now, and began hormone therapy at 14. She had her reassignment, reassignment operation you get, reassignment operation. That means you're, you're, you become a eunuch, understand, if you're born male. Let's, let's say things as they really are. You become a eunuch. Just like you get a bullock in a field that's had something snipped off, right? And then you get plastic surgery, which is not making a real something, you know, it's, 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 it's an attempt to an imitation by, by surgery to alter the appearance of something. Right? And, and having your, your gonads removed doesn't mean, by the way, that you become a woman. No, you become a eunuch. So anyway, I'll put this up tonight, and I'm sure people will go back and forth with their views. Uh, even, it's quite funny when you read some of the comments. And um, here's somebody who's PC, but it could be put in again just to get you going, you know by the station itself. And she still won't win because the pageant judges will be too closed-minded to fantasize about having sex with her. Huh. I wouldn't say that. You know, these these judges tend to be all kind of for that themselves. Anyway, uh, I'll put that up. But that's the sort of stuff you're fed to make you insane. That's the purpose of it. Because when you start calling someone who's a he, a she... Because you're, you're told to or you're scared to say what you see or what is is, then you're supposed to get into trouble. Now, the, the government has no right to mandate that you must call. I mean, you've got people in hospitals that still think they're Napoleon. Supposing the government says, we're going to let them loose into the, into the population and you must give them deference and call them Napoleon. Or else. Where would you go with that? There's people who think they're Hitler. There's folk that think they're God, actually. Can you imagine that? And then, not to offend them, you must call them God. Eh? And even more, perhaps. But this is the madness that political correctness brings into society as they try to blur all distinctions between a man and a woman and marriage, folks. That's the purpose of it. Because marriage ends up with having children. And they don't want that. They've said so. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, just talking about sanity and holding on to sanity as you actually go through and you're forced through all these political correct uh, agendas that are out there. And they are political correct. They're definitely agendas. And they've got the backing of the big boys at the top that rule the world, telling you to accept insanity and, and be safe. Or, or if you say what actually is, like, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4, then you're in big, big trouble. But as I say, you cannot, if someone pretends to be a woman and actually is simply a, a eunuch with uh, some uh, alteration by a plastic surgeon and a bunch of hormones, still doesn't have a womb, can't produce children, doesn't have ovaries, and uh, and so on. And so it's ridiculous to, to try and pretend that, that the visual is all there is to gender. It's not. Surgery today can make you look like anything you want to, a humpback whale or whatever. I mean, that's just what they do. So hold on to your sanity, regardless of the accusations against being sane. You know, they'll get flung at you. Because uh, it's a massive, massive PC agenda. And youngsters especially are really brainwashed into this stuff at school uh, for the new society that's coming up. Because, you see, they want a depopulation uh, agenda to, to turn up producing very little uh, before they end up cloning us all. And cl- cloning the slaves, basically. They don't want children. They really don't. Look at all these articles and abortions and and forced abortions and, and eugenics that are out right now in your face. Why don't you kill the children up the age of three, some of them suggested, because you're not a person according to their strange law until you're three years old. And what's Canada really doing behind all this too? Well, they're, they're of course, dashing, uh, splashing money across the planet with all these different free trade agreements, just like the U.S. and Britain and everywhere else now. And at the same time, they're bringing down drastically the standard of living of every Canadian as they do it, because that is the agenda too. All your spending money will go to paying for energy, electricity, uh, gas, whatever, and gasoline, and taxes, more and more taxes. And that's really the new method of to get rid of of, uh, you being consumers, a consumerist society. No more, you see, it'll be, be just essentials only. That's what they've decided. So they've got to get rid of it some way. It's, it's a substitute for war. That's where you get rid of your surplus, uh, generally. And eventually we'll have no more wars because we've only got a couple of more countries to conquer. Maybe half a dozen at the most, and they won't take long. And so they're going to have a substitute for war. And then that's when they bring you down into austerity, uh, gradually, you see. But Canada's centre-right government called for the retirement age to be raised for all major public service cuts and for all major public service cuts. Thursday, in an austerity budget that aims to balance the books by 2016. This is a government since they they altered the Bank of Canada, which was a real Bank of Canada, a government producing its own cash, and uh, until Trudeau came in, and that's when they really changed it back into the same private uh, system where we borrow from private bankers. Um, It's never been balanced ever since, you see. Naturally, you can't balance anything when you're up to your eyes in debt. And that's what you get when you go into privatized banking, central banking, because uh, every dollar you, you, is, is a debt dollar. You, you, you borrow it with massive, massive um, interest to be paid on it for every dollar. 
you can't win. And so governments never balance their books. When they say they're balancing their books, what they mean is uh, what they borrowed that year, they managed to pay back that year, not all the other years before that they haven't paid back. It's con after con. So anyway, it says other Western countries face the risk of long-term economic decline. We mean other other Western countries, Canada excluded. We have a rare opportunity to position our country for sustainable long-term growth, Finance Minister Jim Flaherty said in the House of Commons. It says, uh, tackling unpopular measures that many industrialized countries are being forced to consider as their populations age. Now, understand populations in every generation always have aged. This is like the first time it's ever happened in history. What they're really saying, but not saying, is that you don't have enough children. You don't have enough children, because that's the agenda, you see. And that's why they have mass immigration. That's what was said in Britain too. And Blair actually pushed all that through. That was admitted in the, in the media. So, as I say, uh, we live in fantasy and there's nothing worded clearly and coherently for you to understand. You're not meant to really understand the deeper picture at all. And from Australia, they've they're really been thrown through it very quickly, the whole free trade idea. Carbon cost emerges as an industry killer. Well, no kidding, eh? So if you're serious about driving a company out of business, there is a guaranteed way to succeed. Charge more for your services than competitors. The same rule applies to countries, which is something Australia is about to discover with her carbon price from June the 3rd set at $23 a tonne, and Europe's carbon price last night dropping to a record low of $7.89 a tonne. There are many differences between Europe and Australia, but one of the common threads linking all countries is the cost of power, especially electricity. What Australia's fixed $23 a tonne starting price for carbon means is that our carbon tax or buying permits in the emissions trading scheme, which the Australian government prefers to call its new tax, will be at three times the going rate in Europe. Differences in the way energy is produced, supplied and taxed make direct comparisons between countries difficult. But that threefold gap in carbon pricing is a sobering reminder that Australia is making itself a very high-cost country in which to do business. And, and how do they work out this cost per tonnage? It's just guys with pencils. You know, and, and a few algorithms here and there tossed in to be really scientific. It's just guessing, folks. It's guessing. But that's the method to rule the world. Is, is, oh, the climate, you see. We save the climate. Yeah. You know, weather changes. We've always had weather changes. But now it's a, it's a man-made thing. They say, oh, it's man-made. You've got to pay for it. Any excuse will do to get the, the peasant to pay, eh? And ultimately, of course, they've got to pay or they get put in a slammer. For more madness, you see. Organized, uh, literally scientifically designed madness but never scientifically provable. Another article tonight, too, is um, it's about a TV show that promotes euthanizing children with disabilities. Uh, it's very popular at the moment, apparently. Anything's made popular by the media, especially television, and some you know, well-known talk show host on, on television and saying the right things. And folk have no brain of their own. So, oh, he must be, he must be cleverer than me, so I'll, be, I'll just adopt his opinions. It says taking mercy, uh, or talking, or taking mercy, an edition of the global TV program 16 by 9 in Canada concerns a mother, Annette Corvo, who wants her children with disabilities to be killed by euthanasia. 
This show also features Robert Latimer, the man who killed his daughter Tracy in 1993. Tracy had cerebral palsy. The show speaks to pro-euthanasia ethicists. We've got ethicists about killing folk, you know. Arthur Schaefer, who suggests that Robert Latimer should have been given mercy. Schaefer also suggests that Caravo should simply stop feeding her children, but Caravo says she does not wish to starve her children to death. This is a dangerously one-sided show. Uh, talking, uh, Taking Mercy represents the first serious attempt by the Canadian media to rewrite the history of the Latimer case and to justify euthanasia for children with disabilities. Can you imagine uh, people who have disabilities, what they're thinking when they see these shows? Is anybody apologizing to them? Do they get the same kind of status as people who get some plastic surgery and and, and pretend that they've reversed their, their genders? No. Because they're disabled, you see. They're, they're not producers. A good producer and consumer, according to the United Nations, is a good world citizen. And we pretend we go through this, this hypocrisy of being fair, eh? Yesterday I received an email from Ari Neeman, a disability leader in the U.S., who was asking people with disabilities to organize candlelight virgils on March the 30th at 5.30 p.m. from disabled people who have been murdered by relatives or caregivers. And since I spoke to Steve Passmore, a man who was born with cerebral palsy, who has actively opposed euthanasia and assisted suicide since Tracy Latimer was killed by her father. Steve stated many people in the society view people with disabilities having lives that can be euthanized, like a a kept pet, because of pain and suffering that he lives with every day. Steve wants Robert Latimer and Annette Curavo to know that he is not the same as a kept pet. He stated this story clearly shows the prejudice that people with disabilities experience in society and the threat that euthanasia and assisted suicide place on the lives of people with disabilities. It's not... uh, it's a worrisome thing to, to be disabled in this day and age. If a baby could really work out what was happening at birth, she'd be very worried too, the way things are going. Civilization, eh? run by experts apparently. Hell has come down, folks, and you're in it. And it's going to get worse. The EU, the Economic Union, this great Soviet structure with its secretive uh, bunch at the top that run everything. Uh, They're now really throwing their weight around. EU threatens Hungary over refusal to implement their austerity policies, actually poverty policies, and authoritarian new constitution. And it says the European Union stepped up pressure on Hungary over the country's refusal to implement austerity policies and threatened the legal action of its new constitution. The warnings escalated the standoff between Budapest and the EU as Hungary negotiates fresh financial aid from Europe and the International Monetary Fund. See, they've got you you in the bank. You're up to rise in debt. Over the past months, the country's credit rating has been cut to junk standard by all three major rating agencies. Unemployment is 10.6%, and the country may be facing a recession. (laughs) No kidding. But bailout negotiations broke down after Budapest refused to cut public spending and implemented a new constitution reasserting political control over its central bank. What good for them? The EU fears the new constitution hurts the independence of the country's judges, its central bank and data protection agency. 
Some civil rights group and the European Parliament have warned the former Soviet bloc nation of 10 million people, which led the fight against communism with its 1956 revolution, risks losing its democratic footing. I was going to put looting there, because because they're going to get looted. Once you join the EU, you get looted. The EU Economic Affairs Commissioner Ole Rehn said today, blasted Hungary's fiscal policies, which rely on unorthodox one-time measures instead of fiscal austerity, which is poverty. And this is, as I say, we're bringing down the standard of living. And that's what they want done to America too. A United Americas is on their list. They came out with a CFR declaration in 2005, I think it was. And I taped it all. They came out under their own guise as a CFR, and they said that they drafted up the amalgamation for the Americas. The, the three Amigas signed, they called them three Amigas, two presidents and a prime minister. Hmm. And of course, science, of course, is leading us all into this wonderful utopia, as you all know. And uh, here is, doctors have begun to treat non-diabetic obese women with drugs to reduce the size of their babies in the womb. So they want to reduce the size of babies in the womb. And they're using ultrasound technology to make decisions about the size of a baby in utero. In a world's first trial, 400 overweight pregnant women in the UK and Scotland will be prescribed metformin, a drug that's been used for decades to treat diabetes and is cleared for pregnancy. Well, they must have cleared it recently, yeah. Researchers are hoping that taking metformin from the second trimester onwards will have results in smaller babies and cut the risk of stillbirth, maternal death, and cardiovascular disease. The trial has angered many health experts who say overweight babies and mothers should be encouraged to exercise and eat properly rather than just pop a pill to reduce a thinner baby. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth, eh? Isn't that the truth today? Mind you, you got to stop and completely change your complete diet and the, and the rubbish that you're eating too. There's nothing out there that's good for you pretty well, even in the grocery stores. There's pretty well nothing. It's all been weaponized. It's all been weaponized, the food. And Sex Sachs, Goldman Sachs and the city. It says Goldman Sachs has a 16% stake in a company which runs a website that is a forum for the sex trafficking of underage girls. Well, I'm not surprised at all, because in their particular law that they go by, those guys, uh, you're allowed to do that. The biggest forum for sex trafficking under girls in the U.S. appears to be a website called Backpage.com. The Emporium for Girls and Women, some of them underage, some forced into prostitution, is in turn owned by an opaque private company called Village Voice Media. Because Village is this is a common one in New York. Until now, it's been unclear who the ultimate owners are. Now that the mystery has been solved, the owners turn out to include private equity financiers, including Goldman Sachs, which has a 16% stake. It says Goldman Sachs was mortified when I began inquiring last week about its stake in the U.S.'s leading website for prostitution advertisements. It began working frantically to unload its shares, and on Friday afternoon it called to say that it had just signed an agreement to sell its Backpage.com stake to management. We had no influence over operations, a Goldman Sachs spokeswoman, Andrea Raphael, told me. Let's back up for a moment. There's no doubt that many escort ads on Backpage are placed by consenting adults, but it's equally clear that Backpage plays a major role in trafficking of minors or women who are coerced into prostitution. In one recent case in New York City, prosecutors say that a 15-year-old girl was drugged, tied up, raped and sold to clients through Backpage and other sites. Backpage commands 70% of the market for prostitution ads, 
a classified ads industry organization, the AIM Group says, A-I-M, AIM Group. Village Voice Media makes some efforts to screen out ads placed by traffickers and to alert authorities to abuses, but neither law enforcement officials nor anti-trafficking organizations are greatly impressed. As a result, pressure is growing on the company to drop escort ads. This is after my last column on this issue. 19 senators wrote to the company asking it to stop abetting traffickers. On Thursday, anti-trafficking campaigners protested outside the Village Voice newspaper, which is owned by Village Voice Media. A petition on change.org criticizing the company has gathered 220,000 signatures. So, yeah, the big banking boys, of course, why should they miss that part of it? A buck's a buck, right? And they'll have these same things all over the world, Thailand and all those countries as well, I'm sure. You'll know that yourselves. Why would they miss, as I say, a buck here and there? And what's under capitalism, as they like to call the, 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 the totalitarian control of the system, what's under capitalism that says it's got to play fair with the populations or the communities? Nothing. There's nothing in, in all of their economic stuff to do with, with uh, regulating uh, immorality of themselves, that is, or, or not making a buck off pain, for instance. That's the world we live in, eh? And, of course, you, you created it all, didn't you? You're all democratic. You, you created it all. You had a chance and a say in setting up all of this structure, right? You see, you all accept the fact you're born into a system that must be normal simply because it's there already. You've got to stop thinking that way and thinking about changing it. And you don't have many chances left. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. I'm going to go to the phones now and there's Darren from Ireland on. Hi Alan. Hello. Yep. I just, uh, speaking of the whole medical system, I just want to read something quick from uh, Plato's Republic and I think it's first, first 410 uh, number A and it's uh, this then is the kind of medical and judicial provisions for which we will legislate in our state in your state. It will provide treatment for those of your citizens whose physical and psychological um, state is good. As for the others, it will leave the unhealthy to die and those whose physical state is incurable, corrupt. Uncurable, corrupt, it will put to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to ask one quick question. Um, my, I've just been thinking about all these, uh, these the real elites and the people who control the world. Do you honestly think that the lazy, boy, the fat boy, or the lazy boys, um, you call them? Uh, you think they're maybe, like maybe, can live to nearly 200 years or even more? And all? Well, well the, the, what's admitted, and even the guy who called us all maggots, uh, the great, uh, uh, he's not even a zoologist, he's a geneticist, David Suzuki, who was a massive, uh, he's been on the radio, the television for years and years about animals and depopulation of humans. Um, he himself came on Canadian television a few years back and said that we now we now have the capability 
to stop the aging process and make a person live to 500 years if we wanted to. So here's one of your top uh, globalists, um, one of the, the Canada's top um, shows for animals. You know, They have one in every country, David Attenborough in Britain, who's also for killing off the people, um, uh, standing up and seeing that live on television. So um, they do have the, the, this ability. What they teach you in university, and I've even read it too from Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell said in the 40s and 50s, he says, at university level, he said, um, it's, it's just, that's where they're kept at university level. Even if you're a professor, you're at university level. There's another level above that. There's only, and the archives are only open to a select chosen few. So what you're taught in university or what you're taught in the papers is the latest cutting edge technology, whatever, is really obsolete. And even when you're a student in biochemistry, uh, etc., uh, you can't find anything new on the, the same repetitive experiments you ha- all have to do. If you find something new, it's not because it's new, it's because you've kept secret. And so the professor will come down on you and say, look, um, just stick to the, to the program uh, and be a good boy and you'll get on in life, you know. Uh, so there's no doubt about it, they're copying the same um, agenda as Plato advocated. Plato got it from Socrates. Socrates got it from uh, uh, the, the, the system that kept going with Pythagoras. It didn't disappear. So these elites always came out with the same agenda uh, of uh, getting rid of what they called the unfit. The, the rest of them, remember, he said, they'd make tall people, they'd interbreed tall people to pick apples off trees, and, and small squat people would get married with other small squat people, obviously a real male and a real female, and, uh, and they'd be minors and things like that. So it's the same agenda. And all the top elitists, including H.G. Wells, said that Plato and the Republic was his favorite book. All the top globalists still say that, so they follow it. Yep. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. God, dear God, go with you. <laughs>